Well, it's been another seven days, so here we are. It's Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 128. Plenty happening as we head into the international break. We've got a wrap of the Premier League action, an update on what's happening in fantasy. We'll check in with League, uh, and Tommy has a hopefully non-saw-related game for us to play. Let's go at... Tommy is with me once again. How you going, man? Sam, I'm good. It feels Excellent. nice to be able to speak freely without being slapped down by a copyright infringement. Yeah, you're on a bit of a ban, aren't you, on, on the socials? Yeah, just a touch. Um, totally undeserved, obviously. I'm going to appeal it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask for a replay, I think. Give me what's, the. Give me what's the uh, heinous crime you've done? Uh, apparently I shared, uh, intellectual property that belonged to, uh, Italy, 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 Syria, some some Italian broadcaster, therefore probably the Saudi government as well, I'd say. Uh, Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's where we're trading potentially. Um, Cooper, you're with me. Are you on a social media ban? No, I'm just here freely using all of my apps. Um, actually, I did get logged out of the night shift Instagram today and can't remember the password. So oh, we probably, wow. need to, probably need to discuss that after the podcast. Is that because I uh, I let Tom log on to it and um, maybe oh, kicked you off. I don't know. Might have done, yeah. Yeah, unlucky man. Oh well, we'll sort that out later. Off air, perhaps. Um, I wanted to start this week by asking the both of you what. I thought there was a, a good amount of cracking goals this week. Um, maybe there is every week, but I just happened to notice these ones this week. So uh, what was the best goal you saw this week, Tommy? I really liked um, Villarreal's Gerard Marino, mm. who stepped off the bench and just twatted one into the back of the net. Twatted one? That's a great, great word. Um, Cooper, what was what was yours? Yeah, well, maybe if Villarreal brought Moreno off the bench with more than 15 minutes to go in the game, they might not have lost to fucking Los Palmas. But yeah, yeah, um, no, big fan of the Lautaro Martinez goal for Inter, but another scenario where a great goal wasn't enough for three points. Yeah, big banger, um, outside the box, hit with power on the run. You love those. Um, other nominees this week, uh, Coco from Las Palmas in the same game as Jared Moreno. Uh, if you haven't seen that one, folks, go check that out. Knuckleball, free kick, uh, wrong foot in the keeper as well. Uh, Cooper mentioned we were up live uh, watching it when it happened, um, just chatting online, blah, blah, blah. And um, you were going to criticize the goalkeeper <laughs> for starters. <laughs> well, I just like, I remember when we were watching this live and the way he scored the right Tommy it's the last kick of the half and he's put this goal in yep, and cool. the ref's blowing the whistle and everyone's going nuts and they're talking about it and they're not showing a replay and then the first replay you see is like this side angle that just gives you nothing and all keeper you see is the keeper flat-footed take one step to the side that you would presume he was going to hit the ball towards and just get nowhere near it and I was like what a fucking loser like <laughs> and then they showed an angle from behind Coco and he's taken a step that way because the ball's started there and then just deviated fucking 15 kilometers to the right and ended up in his opposite top corner yeah it's nice to see you it's nice to see cooper apply to the goalkeepers union like no support whatsoever for his colleagues he's just straight away nah wrong-footed idiot it had a um it had a real like stephen harmison reverse swing about it it was like ashes 2005 spec kind of reverse swing going on it was beautiful straight Um, into second slim yeah, another big one. Uh, Jack Harrison's goal for Everton, which uh, we're probably not going to talk about Everton tonight, but um, uh, good goal. Spotted the keeper off and just well placed. Uh, and Schlotterbeck, Nico Schlotterbeck from Dortmund, the centre back, uh, marauding forward and then absolutely, at, what do you call it, Tom? Twatting it. Twatting it. He did twat, twat it, it as well. He did. He twatted it. His didn't move as much as Moreno's, which I think is more of a twatting. Yeah, it just it's stayed hit. You know, commentators love saying that. Oh, stayed hit. Stayed another one, hit. another one they love is the old old two keepers wouldn't have saved that. Uh, yeah, they probably <laughs> they probably would. I bet they would. They would have figured some kind of system out. Yeah, they would. Um, all right. Uh, Should we have games with two keepers? Is that what you're? That would be interesting. Uh no, 
You could nominate one outfield player to rush back into goal, but he's the only one. This is why he gets zapped. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you're on a social media ban for just bullshit like this. It's just garbage like this. I'm too radical. It's radical. Picking Zambia as a smoky to win the Women's World Cup. like Oh, you watched them. If only Zambia had two goalkeepers, what could have been? Yeah. They would have needed six goalkeepers, I reckon, Zambia. That was shocking. Um, fantasy football this week. I'm a bit pissed at you, actually, Tommy. Um, to go with this social media band, oh, you should get on. longer. Well, I've put you've you wanted to take charge of this team, and you're currently managing a team in 37th out of 44 teams. I think I checked, we had four, maybe five players who didn't play on the weekend and got zeros. So that's killing us. We got a score of 28 this week. Uh, to be fair, there were a few scores a little lower than that. Uh, Glenn Clizold scored Mintchok Max Cornet. Uh, that is. Okay, he's going for a Canedo oh, joke, I guess. I don't that's, know what that is. That's that's shocking. That's shocking. He's tried. Um, <laughs> that's what makes lo- it worse. <laughs> one of the lower ones. Um, I'm just scrolling through. There's another team name here we haven't shouted out yet that I think is really good. Carmen's team is Gangsters Allardyce. Oh, bad. bad. I don't mind that. Love it. Yeah, that's, really like that's, it. Ho- that's homage to one of our intros in a in a previous life on this pod. Yeah, banger. Um, but the best score this week was from one... Adam Leach, the United fan, and his team, Deflexia Untied. Oh, um, don't know. In this day and age, come on. It's because he's deaf. He's He was diagnosed deaf, the poor guy. That's why his team is... Last year, it was Dyslexia Untied. This year, this year it's Deflexia. Um, moment oh, well, of, silence. I take, I take moment of silence for our poor friend's <laughs> ear that you've now mean, ridiculed. This entire pod would be silence for him, wouldn't it? <laughs> In one ear, yes. Um, Chicken Tikka Mo Salah still leads the way. He's cruising. Um, Todd, if you're listening, Todd's flogs. I don't know. You're probably too busy running and whatever, but you're 10th. Defending champ, 10th. Can't be happening. What are you, Napoli? Sort your shit out, mate. Get it going, all right? Um, Let's jump into some Premier League football. Big week. Spurs. Climbing up to the top of the table after a uh, the the early game Saturday night, a one 0 win over Luton away, um, with a with a red card. Hmm. What do you think of the red card? Anyone have any thoughts on? We're all going to agree, aren't we? Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, thank God, finally, someone has been done for play acting for trying yep. to con the referee, like. It doesn't matter that he's already been booked. It doesn't matter that it's not in the box. It's the fact that you have so disrespectful, uh, disrespectfully treated the game and then you just throw yourself down and get a foul. No, I'm sick yep. of it. We've all been sick of it. We've talked about it for ages. Yeah, it's, it's a disgrace. Um, it goes on too much. I saw there was one in the... Um, I can't remember what game I was watching on the weekend where the... The referee waved at the guy like eight times to get up. It might have been in the Dortmund Union game. Mm. And the referee waved at him angrily to get up a bunch of times, but didn't book him. It's like, mate, you can just book him for this shit. Like, get it done. Um, you have the power, bro. Do it. But yeah, Cooper, big win for Spurs moving to the top. Um, it was only Luton, but they were down to 10 men and they weren't playing at their best, but they're still grinding out results. Yeah, um, should have probably been three or four up inside 20 minutes and yeah. regardless of the red card, probably would have only had themselves to blame if they didn't pick three points up here. Um, our mate, our mate yeah, Pigeon yeah. Bat's helping with that, wasn't he? Our boy Richarlison had two golden opportunities in the first three or four minutes and couldn't take one. Um, found himself off the park at half time. Probably helped him out a little bit. Um, Mickey Vanderven got the goal, though. He was excellent, both carrying the ball forward while they were down a man and really good at the back again. We spoke about him a little bit last week and how good Spurs signings have been. And it's just another testament to it again. I mean, Madison was excellent for the goal. Um, shout out to Kulisevsky as well, Sam. You made sure you got your bit of love in there for Kulu on the weekend when we were talking about how good Madison was for the goal. Mm. But no, yeah. yeah, really good. Um, And I think one thing that I haven't seen discussed enough with this Eves Basuma red is actually 
I'm going to take a fat dump on Premier League officials later in the night, and I did last week, and we do all year. So <laughs> probably have to give a little bit of credit to John Brooks because this is a really good piece of refereeing too. Like you just brought up, how often do we see a ref not give a fair out in this scenario, but just wave the player onto their feet and, and keep the game going mm-hmm. rather than actually punishing the player like they're supposed to? And, yeah, to, to do it when he's on a yellow as well, is it's ballsy and it's a really good piece of refereeing. Wouldn't wow. agree. He's, he's, getting, he's getting it out of the way. I like that fat dump is such an eloquent way to describe what you're about to do. How do we, um, yeah, I can't believe you fat shamed your own crap. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know how to look at Spurs right now. We're, I don't, we've pretty much talked about them every week, but, you know, bit, and what? Um, League leaders, why wouldn't you? Are they, you know, they, they've got lucky, obviously, with their win against Liverpool, um, but they're still playing well or they're, a game like this where they're not playing well and they manage to get three points, are they just grinding away? After, like, is that a good sign or a bad sign? Because you can look at it as, um, you know, they're getting lucky points or you can look at it as mm. not playing well and you're still getting the points. Mm. I look at it as like it's early in Edge's career as a Spurs manager. So I think if you can instill this kind of mentality in order to grind out results, I think you're doing really well because... You would assume, given um, the way Ange Postecoglou manages teams, that like the best is yet to come. Yeah, um, ag- agree. It's sort of you get that championship. I'm not saying they win the Premier League by any stretch, but that what they call that that champions mentality, where even when you're not at your best, you find a way to pick up three points, and that's how you do win trophies. Um, but. With Spurs, I think it's another one of these things we spoke about last week with the whole Postacoglu situation is we're just going to have to continue to wait and see. Um, international break probably coming at a really good time for Tottenham. They've looked tired the last yeah, couple of weeks late in games. Um, probably going to come at a really good time for them to have a week off this week. Um, and then they have three consecutive London derbies, so that's going to be quite a period for them. Those games can be a little bit more dangerous for Tottenham as we've seen in the past. So we might find out a little bit more about Angie's boys in the next month or so. Yep. hundred percent agree. Um, other results from Saturday night, some that we're just going to skim over a bit here. Uh, we don't have time to do every game every week, but Chelsea four, mm. Burnley one, I think they went one nil down. Didn't they? They went one nil down, yeah. uh, but then just had enough firepower to get it done. Burnley are not too good, but good signs if you're a Chelsea fan, being able to stick four in the net. Tommy, did you have something there? I just like Burnley. I think give more time. They've played a few tricky teams. You look through their fixtures, and they've played you know Chelsea, Man United, uh, Spurs, Newcastle, uh, heaps of them. Um, Give them time. I reckon they'll come all right. They they may be able to survive. But for Chelsea, your best player is Raheem Sterling on the on the field in this game. Um, The only other time he's performed this season is against Luton. If, like, you're exceptional against the poorest teams in the league, um, are you really him? Like, is it is this really the guy that's going to carry you into European positions this season? Uh, they might be relying on him to be given what has transpired over the off-season, but I, have, I don't believe they <laughs> signed him to be expecting him to be able to carry a team. I'm not sure that's what he's there for. Um, I do really like Sterling. I think he's a brilliant player. He's had a really good career. Um, I, I think perhaps an underrated career. I can't remember if we talked about him recently on here, but... We did recently because I gave him a big G up and I th- it was after the Luton performance and I thought, okay, here we go. Sterling's going to announce himself and we're going to see a Chelsea turnaround. It didn't happen. And it's only really recently revived because they're playing poor teams again. He's been left out of the England squad. This seems to be the guy they're centering all of their fortunes upon, and it doesn't like I wouldn't back that into work. Yeah, perhaps. Um, good win though. Uh, they need the points at the moment, so they'll take him. Everton three, Bournemouth nil. Another side who really needed the points. Jack Harrison with a nice goal, which we already mentioned. He saw the keeper off the line, outside the box, but kind of placed it nicely in off the in off the underside of the bar. You love those. Two keepers wouldn't have saved that one. Well, they would have, but um, six Zambian keepers would have. Fulham beat Sheffield 3-1. Um, most notable thing in this game, I guess, is the the shocking leg break of Chris Basham. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention it only because, well, firstly, those injuries are just terrific and I hate seeing them. They make me sick when I look at them. But um, the poor bloke, he's, he's 35. Um, 
I don't know if you come back from an ankle injury like that to this level of football at that age or at any age, no. do you? Like that's it's is pretty horrendous. Um, yeah. You see the still of it and you think, oh Jesus! Like there's no way an ankle should look like that. No, it was rough. Um, it kind of roll. It kind of rolls back into what we were saying last week, though. About um, there's some just incidences in football that will result in injury. And like, if we're trying to clear out any kind of potential injury from challenges, you're never going to be able to ward against this kind of thing occurring. Yeah. And so you, sh- you shouldn't kill the game in order to try and stop players from getting injured because it can happen in this instance, like Basham, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. Um, Man United beat Brentford 2-1 at Old Trafford with a lot of late drama. Cooper, um, Scoot, Scoot McDominay coming off the bench. With a double, at the double, if you will. Yeah, Scotty McTominay well. at the double um, with a Harry Maguire assist too for the winning goal, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, for what the fuck? I don't know if this is good or bad for Man United. Like, <laughs> I just, part <laughs> of me wonders, day. part of me genuinely, um, and, and one of my friends, a good friend of mine I went to school with is a, is a diehard Manchester United supporter, like they fucking all are, mind you. Um, yeah, they love the brand, but they do. Um, it was the one Premier League show bag you could get at the Adelaide show when you're a kid, and so every second kid in this state is a Man United supporter. Um, oh, that is yeah. not the reason. <laughs> he, um, you can buy all sorts of show bags. Get the Hubba Bubba show bag. <laughs> he said to me on the weekend, "This is our worst start to a Premier League season ever, and I almost feel worse after this result." <laughs> and I think it's probably the it's best good. way to describe it. <laughs> it's good. It's good, isn't it? It's like one of those things the um the Red Mankers hadn't lost to Brentford since, I don't know, the 1930s or some shit. Um, and it gen- it generally felt like this was the great last record that was there to be breaking, uh broken until McTominardo steps on and punishes uh a very leg weary Brentford who themselves maybe in a little bit of strife i wonder yeah can i just as well one thing i noted on the premier league app looking back through this game was if there's any way to describe man united supporters like at their utter peak is that they were one nil down for 93 minutes against brentford at old trafford had absolutely nothing didn't look like scoring scott mctominay comes off the bench scores a brace rescues three points and the fans still voted bruno fernandez man of the match (laughs) he's into a mental bro he's He's a genius. You can't under when even when he's not doing anything, he's still doing something. Where do we sit on uh, McTominay at the moment? I was thinking about this over the weekend. Uh, I guess we've done a lot of time giving United shit on this pod, but McTominay is the sort of player that's. I guess you kind of we've laughed at the fact that he's been starting at, at United last season and the season before. Um, saying that they need someone better than that, blah, blah, blah. But he's grinding out a pretty decent Man United career for himself as an individual, wouldn't you say? Mm. As an academy player, yes, definitely, especially in this era of Man United. Um, Mick Tomlin, I read during the week that he was a more attacking-minded player and that it was Mourinho that came in and, and liked his physicality and thought that he should be a defensive midfielder or... Yeah, uh, a breaker off of play in central midfield. And I wonder, like, you look at the way he took the first goal. I think his first touch is brilliant. And, you know, if Haaland does that against Arsenal, I think that's all you're seeing for the next week. Uh, it's a pretty well-taken goal. Like, yeah, he's a bit of a meme. He's a bit of a joke, isn't he? But he may be the one of the only Man United players there that really cares, really understands it. Yeah, well, for a guy who's sporadically played over the last six years that he's been in that team, um, not really playing every week, and when he has played as a defensive midfielder, uh, he's now got 14 goals. He just kind of seems to pop up with one every now and again when they need it. Yeah, I think he's one of those players that potentially he's been, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar if they didn't do it, potentially killed a little bit by the system that Man United play and have played over their last few managers. Um, since Casemiro came in, especially two really deep holding midfielders, whether it was McTominay next to Casemiro at the time or Fred, and now it's uh, it looks like it's going to be Sofian Amrabat 
the two deep the two deep lying midfielders. They play Mason Mount and Marcus Rashford as wingers, but almost flat in line with their midfield and Bruno more advanced with with Hoyland. And there's just really not necessarily a spot for Scott McTominay that suits Scott McTominay in this team potentially. Um, I read an article too saying that he plays further forward and is a bit more of a boxer box and gets gets further forward for Scotland. Um, and scores goals a lot better too. for them. Yeah, well, yeah. I did I did have a look at a few of his stats. He has been finding the back of the net or having goal involvements for Scotland. Um, couldn't tell you how or why because I've never fucking watched a Scotland game in my life. But maybe no there's for that aggression. Maybe there's a. <laughs> let's just, just to be honest. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I watch fucking Scotland play on international breaks. But that was that was very pointed. I feel like that was directed at someone sitting here. <laughs> was one that <laughs> we haven't even talked about Liverpool yet. Yeah, well, it's coming up. Uh, the next game though, we're going to spend a lot of time on is Crystal Palace nil, Nottingham Forest nil. Uh, well, that's yeah. Dissect this one for us, Cooper. Tell us by lots of time. I mean. We've spent enough already on it. No one's watching that. That's that's junk. Um, Brighton 2, Liverpool 2. Cooper, I'll hand you the floor if you promise not to go on for the next 40 minutes about this. What do you what do you want from me? Just run us through the game. Not the the you know pass by pass commentary, but you know, give us your thoughts. I thought maybe really- save save your gross rant till the end. Okay. Really entertaining game of football. Um Two good sides. Tom noted at halftime that all three goals in the first half came from teams trying to play out from the back, coughing the ball up uh, under pressure. Not not to be unexpected with these two teams, I guess. They're both pretty confident playing out from the back, but they're probably the two highest pressing teams in the Prem. And we saw that in full swing with, with all the fouls given away by midfielders, but also with the three goals in the first half. Um Liverpool had their moments. Brighton had their moments. João Pedro probably should have won it at the end and didn't. Um, yeah, good game of football. Yeah, it's funny that because um, we said it, I think, in the wake of the when Villa smashed Brighton and we were talking about the transition moments and that that's where you get at them. And, like, it was ironic in a sense that that was how the first goal eventuated. Um, a poor Van Dyke pass. I'm still in the camp that McAllister should have read it a little bit better as well. He just he got robbed way too easily too. It was not great all round, uh, and it's like it's a it's a well constructed goal in the end. The the way that Dingra just picks uh, Allison off of his line is very good. Um, but then Liverpool worked their way back into the game. Um, the uh, I guess we'll talk about the second goal first because we're going to save Cooper's round to the end. It's almost in the same fashion as the the Van Dyke incident in that they're just you get why they're doing it. Like that's that's how they want to play football. But if you're going to find a team that can press as um, as you know efficiently as Liverpool, you're going to get caught undone. And the goalkeeper is still new for Brighton, and like he may still be adjusting to this kind of formation and stuff. But you know his delivery of the ball is is not adequate and. You know, the you give it to Dunk, who turns it over in midfield. They're trying to play it too quickly. And, yeah, the, the counterattack of that second goal for Liverpool was was bloody beautiful. Yeah, pretty well put. Um, just on the goalkeeper there with Brighton, I can't stand what De Zerbi is doing with um with Verbruggen and, and Steele. I, I really think in the Premier League you can't rotate goalkeepers. I think a lot of people thought that that's what Arteta mm. was going to do was going to do with Raya and and Ramsdale, mm. but he's just gone flat out with Raya, and I think it's the right decision. Um, why really why f- can't they rotate? Like, well, I just think you have to you have to pick one because when you play a consistent back four, that back four also gets used to playing with a certain goalkeeper, and you you know regardless of even if they're both great ball playing goalkeepers, which mm. they 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 well could be, they're going to do things differently to each other. It's just it's natural. It's how it's going to happen. The but Brugans- if you what what if you play an inconsistent back four? Because obviously Brian now having to grapple with three games a week. What if you're playing still with a certain defensive structure and that's what they're training for? Would that work? Because I I feel like that would work still. I think the only way you can rotate, I think the the way you rotate a goalkeeper is in competitions. Um, if Steels is number one, then Verbruggen can play in Europe and he can play in mm-hmm. the cup. But you're trying to play a consistent back four and a consistent goalkeeper in the Premier League. Um, 
Like Steel yeah, started midweek. Started midweek in Europe. Verbruggen starts in the Prem. Steel's got four Premier League starts. Verbruggen's got uh, two or three now. You know they're going almost a 50-50 split between these two, and I just I just don't think it works. What else doesn't work for you, Cooper, in terms of uh, refereeing in this game? Just um, what do you think? God, he's not just he's right. speechless. He's seething. He's I can see Biles spinning. We've on his I don't I don't know how to start this because it's 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 going to be obvious to the people that do listen that we've discussed this already. Um. And we disagreed with it massively. Um, the point that I agree with that you make about the this is obviously talking about the Pascal Gross challenge on Dominic Sobberschlei for the penalty, Liverpool's the goal that puts him in front before half time. The point I agree with you on, Sam, is you asked, do I want to see Pascal Gross being sent off for this? The answer is no. But if we're going to send players off for this, if if this happens again in the season, I believe that a ref, the, if the right decision is made, a referee will give a red card because to the law of the game, that's how it should be. And that's how they're trying to officiate. And if that's what we're going to do, then we just need to be consistent and they all need to be reds or they all they all don't be. And if I had it my way and, and I'm the same as you, it, it wouldn't be a red card. But it just in this scenario with the way we're playing this game, it just has to be. Tommy, how are you feeling? You are I, I nice. miss, I'd pro red on this. No, I don't agree as such because there's a lot of citing of like the IFAB rules and it's like if you don't make a genuine attempt at the ball it's a red card but I think what people are failing uh, to recognize is like there are this is like an interpretation rule and so like the like it says it right here the following must be considered distance distance between the offense and the goal okay tick general direction of the play this is what the COCOMs brought up. I didn't necessarily agree with it. Just because he's running across goal doesn't mean that he's not creating a goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, likelihood of keeping or gaining control of the ball, tick. But I think the big one is location and number of defenders. And, you know, in so much the goalkeeper too. I just, I don't think that he has denied a goal-scoring opportunity in the sense that he is going to score a goal. And that is like literally what the word said, goal scoring opportunity. It's not about whether or not a player has the opportunity to shoot a goal. It's whether or not he has the opportunity to score a goal. And I don't think that that's a, a necessary red card for that. Can I, can I riddle you something on this, Tommy? Can I ask you a question here? Please. You are, you are the resident night shift football lover of, of XG and expected yep. goals. Can you tell me what an expected goal is? Uh, it's like, you know, this the statistical algorithm <laughs> of so whether if... a guy's chance is likely to go in based on the previous record of chances that they've accumulated. Okay, wonderful. So do you think that Dominic Sobersly's 0.97 expected goal on this opportunity, if not fouled by Pascal Gross, does not constitute a clear goal-scoring opportunity. You wouldn't say to me that 0.97 out of one expected goals in this scenario means that he's not expected to score the goal? I think you could argue it that there hasn't been too many other comparable um, goal-scoring opportunities that deem this, as, you know, it's. I think it's high because it spikes for the fact that this doesn't really happen that often. Like it is such a blatant penalty the way that he pulls his shirt down. But given, you know, where the goalkeeper is and the covering defender and the direction that he's going in, I've not seen really an incident like that in a very long time. I just so I think that's where the the XG comes from. I think I think the the, the problem I have with the point that, that you make is I think you're overstating what a goal scoring opportunity is. Yeah. Um, I think in your mind, you're going, okay, there's an opportunity. Tap there's, in, there's, a, there's a chance here that Dominic Soberslide doesn't score if he's yeah. not pulled down yeah. and he gets to this ball. But to the to the law of the game and to the fact of the matter, that's irrelevant because all that matters is that he's going to have a chance to score a goal, right? That's 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 what a goal-scoring opportunity is to the law of the game is if Dominic Soberslide is going to have a chance to score a goal and he's denied that opportunity by a player mm. that's not making a play at the ball, then in that case, it's a red card. And to me, that's yeah. what occurs in this scenario. Um, yeah. It's 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 trumped by the location and number of defenders, I think. I'm happy to go for like what's every foul outside the box is you if you're on the edge of the box and a midfielder drops back and 
fouls you, stops you from shooting, that was an opportunity. That was a chance for you to score as well. Like, you're not going to give a red card for that, are you? No, but I think you know as well that that it's not a correct comparison here. <laughs> Don't I? Well, I, I mean, mean the, the law is a denial of a goal or an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. So, I mean, within that, if you want to talk technicality, yeah, you could probably say it is. Because look at look at the goals that we mentioned at the top of the pod. Moreno, Schlotterbeck, Harrison. I mean, if someone was in a position to drag them down, would they be deemed to be a red card offence too? Well, you also know that's a... I think we're just going to have to agree to, a dis- to disagree on this. <laughs> no, no, I, I refuse. <laughs> well, because I genuinely believe that if you don't think that this is a clear as day goal scoring opportunity, then you've got fucking rocks for brains. I just don't, I'm just not that upset that it's not a red card. Like, I don't think it's a howler. Like, a, you're, you're putting it in a pile with a bunch of other um, shit decisions from the weekend. I don't think it's that bad, big a howler. Like, he gave the penalty, probably could have copped a yellow for it, sure. I would have been fine with that. If he copped a red for it, I probably would have been fine with it too, but he didn't. And I don't mm. think it's the end of the world that he didn't get a red card for that. I don't like. Um, I I'd be happy. I know you're gonna go back and say, but the but the rules say the rules say the rules say. But I'm happy to just keep red cards should be really reserved for like complete blatant denial of the chance. Tom's talking about like the clear, you know, tapping a Harry Kuehl handballing it off the line. That's exactly what um, I thought of too. Yeah, the, that's my example. Like malicious or like violent kind of tackles and things like that. Um. Letter of the law, probably sure. Maybe it could be a red, but I think there is just there's probably just a little enough of a doubt there for the referee to not change his mind on that and to just stick with the penalty anyway. Um, Which may have been even for the challenge on Diaz. We're not entirely sure. They've also they've also complicated it slightly more with the double jeopardy kind of thing as well, where they've just given the referees another stupid thing. They have to try and interpret as well. So um, mm. shitty position. I, yeah. Got the penalty, got the goal uh, at the end of the day. I think in this game, neither side probably played well enough to get three points, uh, but both had. Oh, good. See, I, I disagree. I like this Do is you? the thing we haven't talked about. I thought this was a really good game. I thought when you compare it to yeah, no, no, I'm saying Arsenal that it, City, for no, example. No, I'm saying they didn't play well enough to beat the other side. Like, that, like a draw was fair. I think a draw I was thought, fair. I, re- I thought I'm not saying they played badly. Team. I thought Liverpool were the better team, to be honest with you. No, hard disagree. I um, just, my, just to go back, just one step to answer Sammy's take here. Um, the reason I feel like this is a howler is because if we're going to come out after games like we have again, and and announce that this is an error and discuss that this is an error, the law of the game. Did they call a, this an error? A, yeah, they've gone back and called this an error. They've gone back and called this an error and the Mateo Kovacic challenge an error. And it's less talked about in an Arsenal standpoint here because Arsenal won that game. But if they hadn't, they should. We'll get to that, obviously. Um, sorry, but oh, with oh my with, god, are we going to ban another referee from taking with, charge of Liverpool games? Just this with is... Sobeschlei here. It's you know this is the forty third minute of a game. Liverpool go two one up, and we come out after and say it's an error. Liverpool have then gone on and dropped points in a game where they should have played an entire second half against ten men. To me, that's a howler. You can have it, but I'm not giving it to you. It's I'm not get, like. There are so many decisions that go wrong that have gotten wrong in a game. And I feel like this is just another one. Just like it's just another it's it's real borderline. It's so borderline that I can't possibly be a howler. We'll move on because we're never going to agree on this. Cooper's going to cry if we keep going. So he already wants last week's game to be replayed. So <laughs> how how are you going with your petition on change.org? <laughs> Oh yeah, don't don't worry about going back and listen to the podcast last week where I called people that thought the game should be a replay ridiculous idiots. But we'll just forget about that. I'll just <laughs> put words in your mouth. It's fine. Um, West Ham two, Newcastle two. Tommy, you had a little bit of an eye on this one. Yeah, I I, I like that Cooper has somehow manifested Trippier into a, an assist king. After I've roasted him on the podcast, traded him out of my fantasy team, and turned him into the fucking beast that he was last season. I've just you've inspired another Barclays footballer to pull their thumb out. Nuts! Uh, that assist for the Isak goal is just perfect. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, that's a that's a wonderful goal too. The Tenali ball to Trippier is a peach. The Trippier ball to Isak is a peach, mm. and he just couldn't miss. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. But there's a couple of incidences in this game. I think one is to the letter of the law. It's the first Newcastle goal that pisses me off. And it's the fact that it's a set piece where uh, Isak has is not come on side whatsoever during any phase of play. And yet he's awarded the goal because it was deflected off of a West Ham defender trying to head a ball out of a contested box from a set piece. That's the kind of thing that I feel is the absolute antithesis to the offside rule. That you no, can have no. someone goal hanging and score the goal. Completely fine with it. Interesting. Uh, I was going to throw a question to Tom, a take that I saw on Twitter. Um, I'm with Sam. I'm a no. I think this is just one of those scenarios where it's, gambling. it's unfortunate and you have to cop it. Um, it's not gambling. He's in a, so he's, the he's whole gambling. reason. It's the whole reason for the offside rule is that you stop guys standing on the six yard box and hoping that the ball falls to them in an unfortunate. It's not like he's, it's not like like he's standing. It it's not like he's standing in the six yard box while the ball's at the other end. He wasn't even. He wasn't onside from the initial free kick. He's he didn't come onside once during the phase of play. I just cannot see how that can be a legitimate goal. Yes, yeah, so didn't a- pass it to him. This is a question that I uh, that I saw on on Twitter being asked. I'm a no to this, and I, I think you're going to be a yes to this, Tom. But would you you're be going for, to be a no to this on Saturday? Would you be? I've already voted, but anyway, <laughs> um, would you would you be yeah. for a rule change that saw um, if a set piece is taken and an attacker starts in an offside position and doesn't return to an off, doesn't return to an onside position at any point they remain offside no matter who the ball deflects off love it yeah love it uh, that's perfect and especially from a set piece opportunity i think that is that's what the rule should be yeah Jesus per- Christ. I'm personally on a no because I think we're falling into one of those scenarios again where we're going to end up with more howlers that we continue to discuss because we're just making refs life even harder uh, well not if you weeks- bring in automated Sideline. All the weeks we've gone on talking about, like, we don't want to see goals disallowed because the guy's toenail might be offside. And we're it wasn't a toenail. I know, but what you we want to disallow completely legitimate goals now, just because the guy would, the guy gambled think, and took a risk on being ahead of the play. I and can, fell to see, it. I don't think it's a risk. I think he's cheating because the whole idea of a defensive <laughs> line. How is he cheating? Because the defensive line has done their job. Just because it's ricocheted off of a West Ham head doesn't mean that this guy should be able to profit from that. If it's a direct oh, back bro. pass, sure. It's football. No, but that's the kind of thing that the offside rule was brought in to like, disallow, not no, toe the, The offside rule is there so that people can't just be hanging out in the other half, which is leading what out he's like basically Tony Lockett doing. as a full forward. I he's think not, that's what he's basically He's a couple doing. of metres away from the ball. Yeah, but yeah, he's I, in an offside position. I think I, I don't. I don't agree. What's the point of keeping a, a defensive line then? I don't I know. Just, I reckon if Adelaide, if Adelaide United score a goal like that this year, you would be fucking livid if that was offside. Oh, it's I'm going to take it every day of the week, but that's because we don't have VAR. I think I, the, I I understand where Tom's coming from in a sense of that the offside rule exists to stop players from gaining an advantage by being in an offside position, and he feels like Isak has gained an advantage by being in an offside position here. Um, but like I said, I think this is one of those okay that one of these incidents that just it doesn't happen enough to warrant warrant worrying about it, and you just have to cop it on the chin when it does. Well, it goes deflection. Should we and also disallow our own goals because they've come off the defender and not the attacker? I mean, these are these are different things, right? I thought you were it's, making a joke. That's no, a I'm not making a joke. That, that's I, a completely different scenario because how can the defender be offside? No, we're not. Well, we're not talking about offside, are we? But you're you're talking about it being so unfair to the defenders. Is it unfair mm. if the ball hits you like Nathan Ake when you're just trying to block a shot and it goes in? That's what's happened here. The ball's deflected and it's fell to a player and he scored. That's yeah, but it hasn't gone pretty. in the back of the net. It's, the whole idea is that the guy's offside and has the, the ball. What do you mean it hasn't, hasn't gone in the net? Hasn't directly gone off the defender into the net. Nah. Like, that's hasn't. just bad luck. You have to suck that they're, up. They're both he, bad luck. How is one... He's in an offside position. Yeah? He hasn't played at the ball, essentially. He's he did, like he in played a, at the ball when he kicked it in the net. He's, he's in a... Well, that's what Isak did, but I'm talking about the defender. Yeah. He's in a crowded box with three guys climbing all over him, and the yeah. ball's just ricocheted off of him. To a guy that's goal hanging and he scored a goal. Like that shouldn't be a goal. <laughs> goal hanging. How far ahead do you reckon he was? 
It doesn't matter how f- he was enough ahead that he has gained an advantage <laughs> by being in that position. You know, like, like yeah. set pieces when you, you're watching a team set up for an attacking set piece and the striker starts offside and right before the free kick's taken, they dart back into the line and dart back mm. out to try and gain an opportunity so the defender can't get a handle on or anything. Isak set up like he was going to do that and then just didn't. It was it was one of the more bizarre things I've seen. He just he just stood offside and just stayed offside. But That's I'm not. I'm you can don't don't thank me still because I'm not. I'm not agreeing he's, with you. He's not on your still, side. He's like, just made my point for me though. He has never made an attempt to get back on side. So no, he has the offside. <laughs> just. That's what the rule is, man. It's offside. I just, I just want to. So in the, it's in clearly the night, not what the rule is. In the night shift, um, in the night shift, law of Tommy tonight, um, Pascal Gross can stay on the park even though he broke the rules. But Alexander Isak should lose a goal when he played by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I'm imploring you to read Emmanuel Kant's theory of rational decision making. This is why good, I'm good so decisions, glad. and this is why made. I'm continuing to tell you, continuing to tell you that <laughs> I'm not going to read a book about rational decision making that was recommended to me by a man that zip paid the bus. And- <laughs> 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 Me living in poverty has nothing to do with decision making. This this is why I'm grateful Leeds aren't in the Premier League this year. We don't have to talk about them every week because you just like I just want to know what's going on over there or what you've what new beers you've got in. Whether it's those passion fruit Carlton dries you've been drinking and they're you're running your muck because not only are you making up fucking rules now, you're defending the Saudis. I'm just I'm just telling you what I would like to see brought into the game. That's all. Um, Wolves drew with Aston Villa 1-1 and then the last game of the week sorry Wolves and Villa but not re- not too noteworthy in the grand scheme of the league this week um, the big one that we all, we all stayed up late for real proper night shift this one the 2am Monday morning kickoff is an absolute murderer for football fans in this country um, Arsenal won Manchester City nil Cooper what you got? Um, do we want to go straight to it or is there anything else in the game you want to talk about uh what no um, no foreplay no foreplay if i well i can i have if we're going to go game first over card i wanted to talk about the defensive masterclass of mikel arteta in this game um he set up this arsenal team fucking brilliantly to yep to defeat this this Man City system, they played they played narrow as fuck when behind the ball, which meant that City's inverted centre backs were null and void because they couldn't pass the ball. Their, their centre backs couldn't pass. Sorry, their inverted fullbacks. Their centre backs couldn't pass the ball inside the channel to their inverted fullback. They couldn't find a defensive midfielder because Arteta just clogged these channels. It was the way they were set up on the wings with uh, with Trossard and Jesus. These channels were just clogged they played so narrow behind the ball it was it was brilliant and city just had no answer to it um four shots for man city in this game which is the fewest number of shots in a premier league match under pep guardiola it just the set arteta just just brained this and i don't know whether it's from whether it's because he spent so much time working under Pep that he he understands Pep's system potentially better than other managers and he went, This is how I have to have to set my team up and this is how we have to play to to null and void this system. But it was brilliant. Um and it might have hindered them a bit attacking, but I think he felt like a bit of an underdog going into this game, especially with obviously no Martinelli to start with and and no Bakayo Saka at all. He potentially thought that if we set up defensively and we get one or two chances late in this game, we might be able to take one, and they did. So good luck to them. How big a role do you think Jorginho played in that? Because I know you you said it was pretty gross that he was starting this. I did not. Uh, I didn't appreciate that because I think he he's a pretty good role player. Oh, I my major issue with with Jorginho is that. He nearly destroyed this system early with a stupid tackle, putting himself in a situation where he was sure. not able to make a challenge mm. for the rest of this game. Um, and I Probably saw a heap of discussion pr- prior to this game saying that if Arsenal, in, in two and a half hours' time, if Arsenal have won this game, we're going to be talking about Declan Rice. And people were talking about Declan Rice after this game. He was everything that Arsenal signed him to be in this game. He was absolutely excellent. He was the best player on the pitch by a country mile in this yeah. system. Absolutely. Um, that Arsenal back four at the moment, just Ben White, I'm not sure how much right back he played at Brighton and Leeds, maybe a little bit, um, but he's... Not, not really at all. 
Yeah, I think uh, he did a couple of times at Brighton, I reckon. But yeah. I know he not, not at Leeds. Lead, sorry. Um, yeah. He definitely straight in the centre back, and then came to Arsenal as a centre back, and they're just he's become a makeshift right back, and he just looks so solid back there, doing an excellent job. And then Saliba, who Arsenal fans were filthy at the amount of times he got loaned out, um, but him and Gabriel in there next to each other is just they're just they're just rock solid at the moment. I just um yeah. on on Ben White uh, at right back. He's been excellent there, and and he had a good game in in this situation too. Um, City aren't a direct team. They they don't necessarily their wingers don't necessarily attack fullbacks. They get the ball in wide pockets. If there's nothing on, they'll play back through the channel. Usually, it's that inverted fullback that obviously wasn't totally there during this game. So it was more like they were playing back and around the back, and their centre backs just had it, but but couldn't do anything with it. And eventually, they turned the ball over trying to force it. Um. But eventually Pep pulled the pin and he brought, with 25 minutes to go, he brought Jeremy Doku, who we've talked at, at a little length on this podcast, onto the pitch, who is the probably only real direct attacking player in this city side. And I thought to myself, he's played on the left every game so far and Jesus fucking Christ, he's going to tear Ben White a new asshole if he goes one-on-one with him at any point in this last 20 minutes. And Pep put him wide on the right on Alexander Zinchenko and it, it Played right into Arsenal's hands. They let Zinchenko hold him up for the first 10 minutes and then made the change and brought Tomiyasu on and let Tomiyasu finish the job. But I just mm. thought it was very strange that they didn't roll the dice at Doku running at Ben White. Mm, I don't. I think you're being a bit harsh there as well. And you're just assuming Doku would have destroyed Ben White. I don't know about that. Oh, I, I agree. Just, That's why I had him to get a yellow card in my multi. Whether I he Doku was going to tear him in Arsenal. Whether he destroys Ben White or not, I, do, I just think there is a higher opportunity that Doc is going to come into this game and have better success against Ben White, who's not, not the complete right back. He's not the fastest guy on the pitch. And, and Doc, who, you know, White's played 70 minutes I, by this point, a, a fresh Doc. White's pretty running. quick. I just, oh, I just. Yeah. Sorry. I'll just, I would say the thinking on that part is the way I would see it would be that um, Zinchenko is of the two fullbacks there. Zinchenko is the one that's often further forward and much higher up the pitch, therefore leaving a bit more of a gap there. So almost, so, so I mean, seven minutes later, Arteta responded and brought Tommy Yasu on for Zinchenko, yeah. who's a little bit more defensive. Do you think maybe then you pull the pin and you go, all right, let's flip the wings and let's give Doku a crack at, a crack at Ben White? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'd, I'd fancy Doku taking on Tommy Yasu on his wrong side as well, though, you know, so... I don't know. I don't know if we want to sit here and play the game of questioning questioning Pep Guardiola's tactics. Like I don't know if that's the route to go down. But um... I um I've got I know I know Tommy had a little quiz for us after this. It's just one question really fast, but great statistic that Mikel Arteta joined a, a short list of Premier League managers who have now beaten every single Premier League club they've faced in the league during their time. Um, Arsene mm. Wenger, Sir Alex Ferguson, Jose Mourinho, Brendan Rodgers, Gordon Strahan, Jurgen Klopp, Antonio Conte, and Mikel Arteta. Um, a notable omission from that list: Pep Guardiola. Do either of you know which Premier League team he failed to has failed to beat so far in his time as Man City manager? Uh, this is a way better quiz than I have prepared. <laughs> and um... as soon as you started talking, I thought I've got an idea. Do you want to go first, Sammy? Uh, yeah. Give me a moment. I, are, you, are you Googling it? I reckon No, it's I'm not Googling it. Why would I Google Thomas it? Thomas Frank of Brandon. I'm looking at the table of Premier yes. League teams here. No, he is so... He's only faced this club twice in his time in the Premier League, and they are not currently a Premier League side. Roger. Roger Dodger. Yeah, Any, anyone, anyone got anything for me, or you want an answer? Nah, go for it. It's Middlesbrough. Oh, I was thinking West Brom, but yeah, yeah. Middlesbrough's a good two. Who was so, in charge of a, Middlesbrough a, a, at the time? A one-all draw and a two-all draw with Middlesbrough. Right. Yeah, right. There you go. You they don't deserve de- that. You want to deviate to Champo Chat quick. They are coming back hard, Middlesbrough. No, we're not deviating to Champo <laughs> Chat. We're not doing that. You want this, but we're not doing it. <laughs> it's too bad. Um, Tommy, do you have anything on Arsenal City or do we move on? Um, we should quickly... I, just, I thought I was the only one... Um, they considered you know the hype game of the year. It's top first, second from last season. That it just it fell a little bit flat. This often happens though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it felt yeah. like like tedious football for all the reasons you've described. It's like two managers that know each other that play a similar style and they've kind of nullified one another. 
you know, like yeah. two risk adverse um, game it's, plans come it's together. It's the best it's, way for Arsenal yeah. to go about it, though, isn't it? To get a result against Man City. We've seen them blown oh, away a bunch of times. Bro, for sure. Know? I've got, I was Cooper's age the last time Arsenal beat Man City in the league. And mm-hmm. like that psychological boost is, is massive for them to be able to contain yep. City and beat them in a game. Yeah. Um. Two things. I think, yeah, it, it died flat. But that's due to the system that Arteta played. Not only, like Sam just said, is it the the right way for Arsenal to go about beating Man City? They are also missing two of their most important players. In obviously Martinelli's first game back from injury, came off the bench. Saka didn't play completely, so Jesus is out of position on the wing where he hated playing at City to accommodate Eddie and Kedia of all people coming into the lineup. They weren't. You know what? I reckon it was. I reckon it was all combinations. I thought it was to accommodate Trossard on the right because he doesn't necessarily play on the left. So I think no, he had we've this. Seen, we've seen Jesus play out on that wing in this yeah, side with, with Saka over not, Trossard as well. It's 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 the, the keep Enkedia at a nine because they, they haven't had Martinelli yeah. and, and, and Saka. Um, I still think they should be playing Havertz out wide and just trying it because he was so good there for Leverkusen. Or up yeah. front. I thought he did okay and, um, in, the, but, in the cup game. But yeah, I just I just feel like that's why, and potentially when we see Arsenal go go to the Eddie Hat, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, just quickly with my little question there and our little discussion over Ben White, we've completely glazed over the Mateo Kovacic incidents, and I don't know if you wanted to discuss your feelings for Michael Oliver, or uh, Sam. But my feelings for Michael Oliver are separate to this incident, but obviously Kovacic, I think the whole world agrees he should not have been on the park. It was ridiculous. The first tackle alone was borderline, you know, whether that could have been a red or not. Again, I'm I'm not convinced it has to be a red, but then once he's on the yellow, the one on Declan Rice, the second one, like, come on, how are we not, how are you not sending him a second time? Um, My issues with Michael Oliver is the way he stands there like a smug idiot. And he's always just the grumpiest guy in the entire country whenever he's refereeing a football game. Why does this guy referee football games? If he hates it so much, if he's always miserable, don't fucking do it. He's just always got the shits on. And I just don't understand why. This, I don't know if this is just a Premier League thing. And the Premier League referees seem to be a lot grumpier because when I watch Syria and I watch Bundesliga a lot, I see like, I still see refereeing mistakes and, you know, howlers and bad decisions. But like I said to you the other night, Cooper, watching the Dortmund game, that referee made an absolute howler giving a penalty against Dortmund. And But throughout the other parts of the game, you know, he was still like interacting with players well and having a bit of a chat, smiling a bit, having a laugh, all right? Like just looking like he genuinely likes football. But Michael Oliver just fucking doesn't. And he always just looks like an absolute prune. I hate him. And he always seems that- to find his way into the most important game of the week. Always. Always, and it does my head, and I don't think he's a good ref. And he's clearly, um, you know, we, the conspiracies are out there about, you know, after going and refereeing in the Saudi league, um, surely I don't think it's had any relation to his decision in this game, but it is a conflict. Mm. It is a conflict of interest that we have referees going off, refereeing in another league um, in a competition that's owned by the same people that own a football club in in the league that they referee in back home. Like it's, that is a direct 100% conflict of interest and should not be happening. It's ridiculous. I don't think it's influencing their decisions, but in the subconscious, who knows? And the the conflict is there. Why risk, why risk the public even thinking of that? Yeah. We shouldn't have to be considering Uh, or asking these questions. Yeah. I don't don't think it's a conspiracy at all because you shouldn't have to entertain the idea that a guy could go and do that with all the conditions you've applied. I'd yeah, absolutely. Um, I just wanted to just quickly ask uh, to you, Sam, in particular, this the, the you just said borderline, this first tackle from Mateo Kovacic, the one on Martin Erdegaard in this game that finds mm. in the yellow card. Um, do we not feel like this challenge is is worse than the Malo Gusto and the Curtis Jones red cards, considering that it's, it's studs, it's higher than the ankle, and in comparison to Gusto and Jones who actually play the ball before rolling. Yeah, over I do think it's worse. Yeah. I think it's is worse. Is this not worse? worse? And I, I just can't I fathom how is. we're not sending a guy off for this, especially after VAR has a look, If how, how this isn't serious foul play yeah. when a guy playing the ball yeah. and, and getting un- unlucky is serious He's foul play. He's so far behind him too. And a slide mm. tackle from behind, you're always taught growing up, slide tackle from behind is like, you're Danger. done. See you later. Like, yeah. Um, unless you get the ball one hundred percent cleanly, you know that's it. Um, just a last couple of things on this. Uh, David Raya, I'm not 
100% convinced on him over Ramsdale. I, I, he has his moments as well. Like at the moment, it's a real flip of the coin between them. I'm still not 100% sold that Raya is the definitive answer over Ramsdale. Um, the other one is Arsenal in comparison to Spurs at the moment. I think oh, we talked about Spurs, how they're, you know, they're grinding out results, not always playing the best, but still winning. And I think we're finding with Arsenal as well that they have, they're finding different ways to win games. They're grind, they've grinded out the wins at like uh, away to Palace early in the season where they didn't play particularly well at all, but then they just set up um, and were able to defend in it. It's a situation that they've often bottled in the past. Um, and this this game against City, obviously setting up much different, doing what they needed to do to get a win. But we've also seen them come out and smash goals in like, I think it was at Brentford. They batted, uh, I can't remember, scored four against someone recently. I can't remember who Bournemouth. it was. Bournemouth, they batted who are Bournemouth obviously aren't good, but uh, they're just showing that they have different ways of going about it, which seems a bit more, uh, they se- they seem to have just grown maybe to another level. Maybe they won't go as high as they did last year, but they seem to have grown another step under Arteta, which is good. Yeah, I think um, Arsenal, even in comparison to Spurs, just the top four in general, it's eight games in, three points between first and fourth, and you've got four teams playing very nice football, all in different fashions as well. You can even include Villa in that. You've got a top five playing very good football, and they're all doing it in very different ways. It's a really good watch. Yeah, we need to keep it moving. We've gone on quite long at the moment. Tommy, do you have something for us? In terms of what, Sam? What are you trying to insinuate? You said you had a little quiz thing, a game for us to do. So I was really, I was really hoping that we'd talk about Serie A first. Oh, you um, want us to talk about Serie A? I wasn't going to talk about Serie A, but I can. Just the Milan game in particular, because it's a nice segue sure. into it. Well, while we're there, um, Atalanta v Lazio was an absolute banger, if anyone saw that. <laughs> an absolute banger of a game. Uh, Atalanta 2-0 down early, crawled their way back. Uh, Lazio with a late winner. Inter 2-0 up at home to Bologna, and then blew it. Um, ended in a draw to all which then later saw Milan's victory put them two points ahead of Inter on the table after getting battered by Inter a few weeks ago. They're now top of the table by two points uh, in this team that I said couldn't do it. And it was a, a gritty 1-0 win away to Genoa where Olivier Giroud ended up in goals, Tommy. How good. Like, do you not just love to see an outfield player end up in goals? Mm. I not mean, really, the circumstances... Sure. The circum- okay, so the circumstance that brought it about was not great um we had a quick discussion about this i, I don't think it's a red card on menyan i'm not sure if anyone's seen it but he's he's jumping to head the ball away collect the and ball. he does i don't and he does and so he wins it um i i noted that the guy that he does collect with his knees not really looking at anything and i don't I don't understand how you can give that as a red card. He's not looking at anything. Ball, not looking at the man. He's just he's, he's kind just of lost there. in a space. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> he's just contemplating life at that point. So I don't think it should be a red card. But the fact that Oli Giroud goes in makes a really good save as well in yep. order to keep it um, at 1-0. Right at the and death. Then there's, right at the death. It's a really good save. Um, the, the same thing that I've been muted for. Uh, he is added to Milan's goalkeeper list now. Got... Um, in the team of the week for playing goalkeeper too. <laughs> yep. My question to you, and new segment alert, I would really like um, if either of you guys could tell me how many, because there was a comprehensive list, someone has thrown this together, mm-hmm. every single player, our food player, has ended up in goal throughout the history of football. How many can you guys name to me, please? Damn. Right. Struggle. How are we working this? I can give you, you guys, I can give you yeah. one instantly Who off the top of my one, head that no one's please. gonna no one it's it's not Euro. Uh Jamie Harnwell for Perth Glory. <laughs> I wonder if this is in the list. Uh, I remember this though, so I'll give it to you, definitely. I can give you I reckon Wayne Rooney. Oh I don't I don't think Wayne Rooney was ever going oh, well, to go. Fuck this stupid game anyway. <laughs> Who cares? I don't want outfield players um, in goals. No one does. <laughs> I think I have memory of, of Phil Jagielka at some point. Yes, that was one of the most famous ones for Sheffield United. Oh, yeah, goal. so famous. Ended up keeping eight. Look, it's premier. It's Barclays heritage, this. So famous. Uh, Paddy Kenny was injured 
and sent off on four occasions, leaving Jagiel to take his place in goal on all of those games. In one of the games, he produced a finger, uh, fingertip save to save uh, to deny Arsenal's Robin Van Persie from Brilliant. scoring, which is probably why you've buried this memory. And then, uh, um, John Terry. At some John point Terry, in, bang, yes. Either there we go. I'm on the board. 20, 2020 or 2019, there was a Team of the Week goalkeeper card on FIFA given to Kyle Walker. Yep, true. He did go in goals. Uh, for Manchester City in a Champions League match against Atalanta, Edison was substituted at halftime due to an injury and in replacement Claudio Bravo was sent off in the 81st minute. Walker was brought on as a substitute and played in goal for the remaining nine minutes, keeping a clean sheet. Have you it's got tough. any more, Sammy? Are you going to get trans I got, here? By I got nothing. No, I got nothing. There's, I, I think there's there's been a few like in, in recent Premier League history. I remember it being discussed that there was like a five-year period where it happened like six or seven times in the Premier League. Um, it's, it's happened a lot recently. Like guys uh, such as... A-League alumni Cole Jenkinson is in the list. Uh, Harry Kane has played in goal for Tottenham previously. Did uh, did Was it Lewis Dunk that went in goal for Brighton? Yeah, Lewis Dunk did go in goal for Brighton. Yes, that was very recent. 2020, I think it was. Look this nerd. Just going to keep naming players that went in goals. Sick. <laughs> oh, I, I can name actual goalkeepers that go in goals. Yeah. <laughs> I think J- Jamie Harnwell, the pick of the bunch for me. That's brilliant. I'm going to have to check that. We'll come back next week because it's not in this comprehensive list. So I might add it. Wayne Rooney, not in that list. Nah, not whatsoever. Honoree Lansbury is. We... Certain I saw him goalkeeper. Jamie Harmel was in this list. Yeah, 2009. There you go. He went in goals against Gold Coast United. All right. Good stuff. Um, have you got any more for us? Or are you still going, Cooper, or what? I'm done. That's Good. all I've got. Lovely. Um, last thing I wanted to finish with, if you're done, Tom, you're done? I, I had a couple of things. Let, let's just, let's okay. just throw it Here out. We we'll just throw it out quick. Um, in the Champo this week, how do we feel about this? No. Birmingham City, currently sixth. They've beaten Leeds for what whatever that's worth. Just wanted to mention Leeds. Announced the sacking of their manager, John Eustace, mm. for, drumroll, Wayne Rooney. Who didn't play in goal? He might have. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> According to Tom's comprehensive list. Would you sack a manager that has got your side into sixth to bring in Wayne Rooney, whose greatest achievement is getting Derby County relegated? No. I think we're comprehensively what, know on that. In what in what world is this it like acceptable? That you it can just it, take a successful manager out and think, okay, here we go. Wayne Rooney's available. Let's go get him. He can't even he can't even play in goal, and you think he's going to get a team promoted to the Premier League? Fat chance, <laughs> fat chance. That's the word for it. Um, Eden Hazard announced his retirement this week. Does that mm. mean we can now appreciate him kicking the Swansea ball boy? Yes, we can appreciate it. Give yeah. the ball back. Do your fucking job and give the ball back. I love that. He kicked the ball as well. Like, come on, get up, get up. Um, wholeheartedly. Paul Pogba potentially banned for four years. Sam. Yes. Drug doping. Yes. Uh, can one be banned from the game when he's barely played for the last three years? Well, yes, fuck him. He's gone, up. he's gone back to Juve and been not horrible, but now he's now he's done. He's in strife. Career over, I'd say that one. Who uh, who see? who went down easier, Tommy? The Swansea ball boy or that goalkeeper that you sent the video of getting stretched off the park in the <laughs> in the game last week? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think the goalkeeper who was not hit by the firework whatsoever. It was in France. Was... I was going to mention League uh, but uh, it was in France, the firework thrown on the pitch and it goes off behind him and he goes down. Uh, and the video just says that he was shocked and he had to be stretched off. Like, why does he need to be stretched off the field? He this needs to awesome. take a good look in the mirror because Dude, Thomas Glover got on. hit by Thomas Glover got hit by a bucket, had four stitches, and was ready to play fifteen minutes after. Yeah. So I think he needs to grow the fuck up. Grow up. Um, <laughs> thing I have for tonight, guys. League on, Tommy. I've been waiting. You've been in suspense over this, but um, Leon suspended over this. I've, I'm sure we've mentioned maybe a couple of times how horrible they've been going. They're currently on three points in the league this year. Sitting in 17th out of 18. On the weekend, uh, they were equal bottom with Clermont Foot. 
who have played one Shame. less game. And uh, if Clermont Foot win their game in hand, Leon will be bottom. They played against Lorient, who are positioned above them. Uh, found themselves three one up. Still bottled it. Lacazette scored a double. They bottled it. Drew three all. We've seen them in recent weeks. They've had the ultras kind of abusing them and screaming them. That it's a bit worrying because we've seen what's happened with like Marseille ultras and stuff in the past. And we talked extensively on this pod last season and the season before about the French fan problems. Uh, but Tommy, I thought you'd get some joy out of this. This is this is a big club, Leon. This is where you know Benzema. They won like nine leagues in a row. Um, mm-hmm. They're currently managed by one Fabio Grosso. No, yeah, no. Oh, they fucking deserve everything Your they mate. get. <laughs> Do they? He's gonna he's gonna <laughs> send them down. Oh shit! Yeah. No wonder he. He wasn't even a good footballer. How could he be a good manager? Ah, he was a good footballer. He was a World Cup winner. Come on. Oh, I, um, for, by what <laughs> circumstances is he a World Cup winner? World Cup winner. And he played left wing back for Inter for years and was good. Oh, who gives That's... a fuck? He's a cheat. I hope they go down. I hope I, he um, gets... Well, well, it's a miracle he's still in a job, to be honest, I'd say, at the moment. he. I saw a tweet about... Um, just looked at Legal and Leon, what the fuck, on the weekend. The top comment was, wait until you have a look at Ajax. Um, oh, can't yeah. lie to you, don't often look at the Eredivisie, but flipped up live score on my phone. Ajax mm. sit in the relegation zone, six games, five points, and a minus four goal difference. Oh, and what, are they managed by Matarazzi? Like, what does this got to do with Grosso? What did Matarazzi do wrong? He got Zidane sent off. He got head <laughs> I would have thought maybe they were managed by Lucas Neal, who slid in a box when he didn't need to. But mm. so we're we're on Isak. Isak goal should be disallowed because he cheated. Yeah. Matarati cheat. cheated by getting head butted. Yeah, fuck yeah. it, he did. Yeah, all right. Um, Lucas Neal slid in like a maniac on Grosso, so now Leon should get relegated. Fifteen. Well, you can seventeen. Slide, you can, you seventeen can slide. years later, Leon should be relegated. You can slide wherever you want if you're not going to touch the football. Slide wherever you like. It's like when I accidentally change player on FIFA when I'm trying to tackle and it goes to the guy in the circle. You're actually, I'm not sure if you're aware, but you just said you can slide wherever you want if you're not going to touch the football. And that's exactly what he didn't do. So he didn't touch the footballer. He ran into him. He said the footballer, Cooper. Uh, He just, uh, yeah, he's. It's, it's getting late. We're all a bit done, I think. We'll wrap it here, I reckon. Good spot. I was going to finish off mentioning Monaco going all right there on top of the league, but who cares? Uh, it's France. No one really watches Ligue 1 anyway. We'll just wait for highlights. And we hope to see yeah. PSG lose. And now Tommy hopes to see Lyon lose because he hates Fabio Grosso. Fair. All right. We'll wrap it there. Thanks, guys. Keep getting around us on the social. Share it. Tell your friends. Uh, we'll see you. Well, we're going to come back next week. Next week, we'll probably do a red edition mainly. Focus on the upcoming A-League season for Adelaide United, and I reckon we're in for a grim one. So check that out. See you later. That's exciting. See you 5 a.m. for the Socceroos England game, guys. Done.